blessed are the broken, blessed are those that mourn, blessed. And it goes on, it says here in uh, verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for, what does that mean? It means there's a passion for God, a thirst for God, a hunger for God. Listen, I've watched some people in this very fellowship as I was growing up in the Lord. I could see men that hunger for God. I could see the love for God. I could see the desire for God. Not hey, you 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 could talk about but start talking about one scripture, man. They they, they, they want to they just want to preach a sermon. Because that's all they wanted. They, you know, and and the, the hunger was there. And I, and, I, and I picked up a lot on that stuff. Because you didn't have to force Jesus out of their lips. You just say, you just talk about Jesus, man, they're flowing like a flood of water. Just an exciting excitement, <clears throat> a hunger, and a thirst for God, a passion for God. There's an old, old, old script in the Old Testament that says, in the land there was going to be a famine, but not of food and water, but of the Word of God. I'm going to be honest with you, you're not going to, in a lot of churches in America, you're not going to hear what you're hearing this morning. Because nobody wants to be bothered with God. They don't mind church. Come on, somebody. They don't mind going and clapping their hands and singing a song. But I, I don't have enough time for God like I need to. I will, I'm busy. I'm not, I can't make time for God like I want to. We better make time for it. We better desire something else than the things of this world. Because there's not a lot of people that can go to church too. They, 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 they can't wait for the saints to play football this afternoon, praise God. Maybe they might make the playoffs. And they're waiting. I'm like, preacher, better hurry up, man. My chicken wings are getting cold, man. Football is going to start at 12. Listen, you think that's right? I'm not against people watching football. That's their business. I mean, I don't think it's sin. But when it gets in the place of <laughs> you want to get out of church to hurry up and go, something's wrong. Something ain't right. I know I'm guilty of it. I used to do that all the time. I said, Listen, you know what? Because God had to deliver me of that. I don't care if they go to the Super Bowl or not. Seriously, right now I've, I've made my mind up. This is nothing but flesh. It's only but glory. So I personally think it's another form of religion in America. Number one, listen, the Protestant church is not the biggest church in America. The NFL's church is bigger. <laughs> oh, they fill them stadiums, man, 100,000 people every week, man, faithful. They put their religious costumes on, cheeses on their head, paint themselves blue, amen, big old things on, looking like a bunch of nuts. Some of them dress like Elvis Presley. Some of them dress like the Pope. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you, you, for what? Seriously, what is it worth? I see them for somebody to grab a pig skin and drag it one, from one end of the field to the other. And you think heaven fell down when they make a touchdown. You think the rapture had happened and glorious has filled the place because somebody dragged a football across a, 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 a cow's patch. <laughs> You ever thought about that, how stupid that is? You ever thought how much time we waste? You know, I used to, couldn't go to sleep if the saints would lose, man. 
And I play it back in my mind. Oh, you'd have done it like this, and you'd have done it like this. Who the hell cares about how they done it? I did. I'm telling you, I gotta get delivered. Not if I'm sitting in the afternoon, eyes. But I won't. No, no way, man. I'm not gonna spend time worrying about. But you know, what about how? If I felt that strong about the Saints going to the Super Bowl or whoever, can I feel that about God? Doesn't the word of God stir my heart? Come on, somebody. Does it, does it, does it test me? Does it try me? Does it, does it, does it cause praises in my heart? Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you a little story. And you know it's from the Bible. They had this man that owed this king a bunch of money. You ever read that story? And they estimated in the millions it would be today. So the king called him. Says, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna put you in prison, I'm gonna take everything you got, your wife, your kids, I'm gonna sell everything you got. And he cried out to the king, and the king had compassion on him. Showed him mercy. He says, You don't owe me nothing. Your debt is paid. And he went out and found somebody that maybe owed him $20. In today's value. He said, pay me what you owe me. He said, well, I ain't, got, I ain't got it. Just give me a little time. I'll get it. And he would not forgive him. Somebody had just gotten forgiven for millions of dollars would not forgive him one, for a man for $20. And he threw that man in debtor's prison for $20. And when the king found out about it, he called him and said, man, I forgave you all that debt. And you wouldn't forgive your brother. So the king had him put in prison till he paid the debt. He was free because he wouldn't show mercy to somebody else. He had to be put in prison. Jesus said, if you're not going to forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. He wouldn't, he wouldn't feel to show mercy to someone when he was shown abundance of mercy. You get where I'm coming from? Let me tell you something. You were going to hell. And so was I. And we were doomed for eternal death and destruction and separation from God, eternal torment. But yeah, we expect God to forgive us, but we won't forgive others. We want God to pour out the mercy on us, buckets of mercy, but we just give a little trinkle of mercy. A little drop here and there. Something's wrong. Blessed are the merciful. What it says? For they, what? They receive mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart. Listen, I, I, I can go on, but I've lo- I love to see people that are just honest with God, pure at heart. They just, you know, just, just don't have evil things to say about someone. They don't, they go to church. They, 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 they love the Lord. They, they can see that. They can see it. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you want to be around them. You want to be around a person that's pure at heart because he has something to offer. Listen, I preached the other day when I said, listen, the forgetting those things behind and pressing forward. Listen, you got to be a forward person. You got to go forward. And to have a pure heart, you can't keep looking at the past. you got to go forward. People that love God, the pure hearts, they're going forward, right? 
Some of you in here were some of the most bitter person that ever, ever, ever walked this planet probably. Because God came into your life. I told somebody the other day, he said, you're looking for the old Annie? You can go look for him. He's buried somewhere in the bayou somewhere. I still remember when Brother Mike and Brother Kuhn baptized me in the portage. Oh, not portage. Uh, I was on the, on, on the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember I had black hair. <laughs> I was thin. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Matthew was small, believe it or not. <laughs> Matthew, I remember when Boogie was bigger than you. <laughs> Boogie's a little older. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's a few months older than Matthew. But anyway, they baptized me, and he's buried somewhere over there, praise God. So I tell people, you want to go look for him, you can, but don't bring him, don't bring him to me. But something happened. And there ain't the water that changed me. Jesus changed me. You get what I'm saying? I felt the, I got born again. I was, I was changed. I wanted to show the world that I was dead to the world. And like Jesus was in the grave, came up, a resurrected life. That's what happened to me. All right? Even though as a young Christian, I didn't quite understand all of that. You know? But I'm going to tell you something. I learned more to be pure at heart around people that were pure at heart. You know? And... There wasn't scholars. They didn't, wasn't, they didn't know uh, uh, top-notch doctrine. But they just loved God. As you, you know, they would talk about God. They would love the Lord, and you could see it. I think God had that, that, that beginning, amen? Because God had put me in a certain place where I could learn. You know, he put me where I could get some, get some, uh, uh, some examples. I'm going to tell you something, Ray. I wouldn't do not, half of what I used to do. I wouldn't do... Wouldn't even think about doing the things I would used to do. But what happened? The heart changed. I was listening to somebody, a little 17-year-old black guy in Appaloosa got shot. Oh, and then they were, they, were, they were ramping about gun violence and all that stuff. I said, it, it ain't a gun the problem, it's a heart the problem. Gun never got up and shot anybody. The gun never said, today I'm going to shoot somebody. And you know, it's, it angers me when I hear it. I got to turn it off. How in the world are you going to sit there and blame a gun? It's not the gun's problem. It's the mama's problem and the daddy's problem. It's somebody's problem that didn't bring them to church. You should have told them murder was a sin. They should have said thou shalt not kill. It's, it's God's way. You, you sin against God. You take away that, they're going to kill. We took it off our schools, took it out of our government, and they don't know what to do with it no more. My God. Maybe somebody told that boy, thou shalt not murder is a sin, and taught him about Jesus, he'd be alive today. 17 years old. Walked out of a convenience store. Somebody shot him. I'm going to tell you something. We live in a time where murder, listen, we, take, we say it's all right to murder a child in the mother's womb, but we can, we can spend millions of dollars building a complex to raise dogs and cats in. To make sure they're comfortable. I was hearing the, the other day in Lafayette, they build that complex. They, they ain't got no more room for them. Because you know why? People don't want the dogs and cats anymore. Because if you do something you're not supposed to do, they'll lock you up. I'm not against animal owning and nothing. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not too fond of cats. <laughs> but I would never beat one to death. 
But the point is I'm trying to make, we put more emphasis on that than the unborn baby. You can murder the unborn baby. You don't throw, kill a cat or a dog, man. You're going to jail, buddy. And we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. Because we took the emphasis upon what it's supposed to be. God loves human life more than animal life. I'm going to tell you right now, God created all life. But human life is special to him. See, he put his spirit upon Adam and Eve. They gave that up. He didn't baptize the cats and the dogs in the Holy Ghost. He gave that to the people of God. We're never going to learn pure heart till we learn God's heart. You hear what I'm saying? God, God could have gave up on me a long time ago. I, I wonder why sometimes he just didn't blow me off the planet. Because his heart is pure. He loved me. I don't understand. I'll be honest. I can't define the love of God. There's no way in a dictionary I can even find a word that would even come close to what he loved me. How? How could he love me? Somebody didn't want nothing to do with him. But he saw through his son, Jesus Christ, that I would be born again. If I sit there and tell you stories about what, what, where I could be dead today easily. But mercy build a bridge for me. The hints are just to sing that song, Mercy Build a Bridge. I said, that's a powerful song. Mercy builds a bridge between you and God. Hallelujah. My God. What is mercy? Mercy is something you don't deserve. Mercy is something God gives you. When you were supposed to be condemned, he saved you. What a simple message, huh? If that don't make you want to worship, praise God, I don't know what is it. If you can't see God saved you and showed his mercy to you when you, don't, you didn't deserve it. When I, think, when I think about the times I could have destroyed my wife there, but he kept dealing with me. When I think about the times I could have destroyed my life, if it wouldn't have been for this gospel I, I'm standing in front of you with today. If it wouldn't have been for the message of the mercy of God, I'd be dead. I would. I want to talk about him, Ray. I want to talk about him, Sister Teresa, all of y'all. Because I would not be here if it were not for the mercy of God. If it were not for the grace of God. Somebody getting something out of this morning? <laughs> Verse uh, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the sons of God or the daughters. Listen. We shouldn't be dividers, right? The Bible says God hates he that sow discord among the brethren. As much as possible, we should live peaceable with all men, right? And some of them, people make it hard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> some people usually want to climb on them with a shovel or something. Amen. But the Bible is very clear. Blessed are the What is a peacemaker? We have ambassadors to America. And they go from country to country making, trying to make peace. They're offering solutions that the two countries, that the countries they're going to could have peace with America. That's what an ambassador is, right? You are an ambassador in the body of Christ. So if you see a brother and sister arguing or divided, you should step in and say, listen, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. It says, this, you know, listen, Try as much as you can to live, to, to solve the problem. Be a peacemaker. There are some people that just try to infiltrate the problem and just make it worse. 
But we are to be peacemakers. We're to try to bring peace in a situation, right? Without that, listen, there's a lot of people. You know, I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of missing a lot of these, okay? And the peacemaker, that's one I've, I've tried to apply in my life. Why is the world so divided? We can go on and on. Why does Russia have different views than America? Well, it's almost getting like it's the same right now. But why is that principle different? Because there's only one peacemaker. See, Russia is an atheist country. They can't have peace without Jesus, right? They're going to live their life and die and face eternal judgment with God. They're not going to find the peace of Jesus till somebody says, we got to turn to the Lord. They got religious churches there. They got Orthodox churches. They got Catholic churches. They got, they got churches in Russia. But the dominant thing is atheism, right? They don't believe that God is who he says he is. They don't believe him at all. You can't make peace with an enemy, Right? If I go to Russia and I say, well, let's, let's, let's try to make peace. Uh, well, are you going to give up your God? No. What's going to happen? They're not going to accept that, right? But you made the effort <laughs> to go there. You ain't going to make peace without telling somebody about Jesus. Jesus is the only peacemaker I know. He's the only one that can bring peace between people, nations. You're not going to find, in, listen, when we start talking about other people, like, like other nations that are atheism or, or Muslim or, or you know, Catholic church, look at Mexico. Mexico is one of the most religious countries in the world, all Catholic. Why is there so many people suffering there? Why is there so many people hurting there? Why are people running over here to try to find some life? Because it's run by the Catholic church. Oh, <laughs> The Catholic Church is the dominant religion in Russia. I mean, in Mexico. Are, are, are these people at peace? They can't find rest in their own. That's why they come into America. And we're getting just as bad. But right now, America's still about the best nation in the world. To find some kind of hope in life. You know what I'm saying? You can't find peace in false religion. You can't find peace. Come on. In, in, in false hope. But I got to make peace with God. <laughs> See, if I, if I can't make peace with God, I can't make peace with nobody else. Right? So if I'm going to be a peacemaker, I got to experience the peace. Come on, somebody. You know, it's so great. I, I had some stuff happen to me a while back. And you know what? When I got the peace of God, I'm, oh, man, I felt born again, born again. <laughs> I don't know if it didn't make sense. I felt like a brain. I felt like... Man, the whole world was lifted off. And I made a decision I was going to do something that was right in the eyes of God. And it was, I was struggling. I was, I was battling. I was battling hard. You know, but God came in and gave me peace. He gave me a word. He said, Lenny, I want you to do this. And when I'd done it and released, <laughs> I felt like a million bucks. I can't tell you how good it felt. I felt like I said like I was just born again again. <laughs> And it was such a peace about it. You might be struggling here. You might be fighting a battle. Listen, there are things you can't solve without Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if it's dealing with the heart. There's things in your life you can't settle 
It might be some old wounds from years ago that needs to heal. And it rehatches itself. It's always coming back. It's always coming back. Listen, I, whatever happened to me, I, didn't, I, I have no anger. I have no unforgiveness. No, listen, I feel free. Seriously, I, I'll be, I, listen, I, I just want to serve God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll tell you the truth. What scares me more is what I can see in front of me. What's going to happen with America? What's going to happen with our country? You know we're that close for losing our, 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 our freedoms. We come to church every day. I mean, every Sunday. But you know, there's going to come a time we either will come or we're going to come there's going to be somebody with some guns maybe at the front of that, that building. Or will you still come? But you know, but seriously, it's, it's what I'm saying. We, people say, oh, that'll never happen. Baloney. They got people in our government that hate God. You hear what I'm saying? They hate the Bible. They hate the scriptures. They hate anything to do with God. And they would think twice, not even think twice about putting a bullet in your head. But we have to have the peace of God. <laughs> we, Peter thought he knew God, he knew Jesus. Remember that Peter said, oh, Lord, I'll die with you. He said, before this night's over, you're going to deny three times that you ever knew me. Peter. Somebody walked with Jesus for three and a half years, saw the power of God, saw the things of God. But yet Jesus said, you're going to deny me. And what happened? For the night rooster crowed, Peter wasn't. Peter denied Christ three times. You ever knew him? Okay, I'm almost finished. <laughs> Verse 10. Blessed are those who persecuted for righteousness' sake, for they shall, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Listen, I'm going to scare you a little bit, but when the church grew, when it started in the book of Acts, you know where it grew at? It grew on the hostile situation. Christians were being killed. The church grew on the persecution. It grew when, the, when, when Christians were being thrown to lions and torn in pieces. Heads gotten chopped. Things were horrible. But it grew. Do you really believe that the church in America is ready for persecution? You can't even get them to go to church sometimes. When they kill it. You can't get them to, to, to open a Bible. You can't get them to pray. You can't get them to raise their hands in church. <laughs> you can't get them to do what Yvette did a while ago. <laughs> Run and rejoice. Persecution is hard. Will you, will you survive persecution? Is your faith that strong? Or isn't it? I pray, Lord, Lord give me the grace to live my life. That's what has to happen. Because I know I ain't going to be able to do it in my own flesh. Jesus even prayed, said, Lord, is there any way this cup can pass for me? Let it be. But not your will. But my, you, not my will, but your will. People say, well, Jesus just opening. He gave himself freely, but he, his flesh was fighting him. <laughs> what do you think was happening on, on in, in, in Mount of Olives? What do you think was happening when he was struggling yeah. and fighting when sweat was dripping out of his face like blood? You got to be really full of anxiety. You got to be really full of pressure. You got to be really full of fear. Jesus was apparently he had he was feeling the effects of the flesh, and he could he could have not done it. He didn't have to, but when he made that decision, not my will, but Thy will, he was free to go to the cross. He was free 
to offer himself as a sacrifice to the Lord. Okay. Now you can close your Bible. I want to read you one more thing, okay? The other night I was praying over here. And when I say God is not for sale, he's not. You can't buy God, right? You can't come out in this church. I don't care if you've got a million dollars. It won't add one cent to your salvation. But if I explain to you today, and I'm trying to want to feel what the Lord wants me to do. If I'm explaining to you today why you want to sow into the work of the Lord, why you want to give into the house of God, and why would you, listen, why wouldn't I want to? Uh, we don't hesitate to pay that new house note. We don't hesitate to pay that new boat note or that new camper note or whatever we own. But God, now I'm going to shock you, okay? I've always taken, especially lately, tithing as not necessarily a commandment. Uh, what's that word I want to use? Uh, I, I use a principle. Uh, people say, well, I, I, I preach wants my money. He wants 10%. I don't want nothing you got. It's between you and God. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? When I tithe, the principle of tithing came way before the law. Mo, um, Abraham was coming from victory. He had slaughtered, he had a battle going on with Lot. Remember when Lot was taken captive? You read the story of the book of Genesis. And Lot was, and his children, everything was taken over. And, there was some, and, and Abraham went and fought for his nephew. And he defeated some kings. And after he went there, with just a few men, he defeated you know, some armies almost. And on the way, he met a man called Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a priest of Salem, which would have been, it wasn't there yet, but Jerusalem, where the city was going to be. But it was called Salem at the time. And what he did, and the most Christians don't want to know, he gave Melchizedek, offered Melchizedek 10% of everything he had. 10%. Abraham was rich. And Jesus brought out a, the, the, the story about that same incident where he said, you call yourself the children of Abraham. Same thing? But do you want to do the works of Abraham? Abraham gave to the Lord's work. Unless you're not giving to me, okay? I told somebody one time, that was years ago, he says, uh, Man, what if we don't have no money? I said, I'm not, I don't want your milk money. That's your, seriously. I'm not asking for your money this morning. I'm just saying the principle of tithing and giving works. You want to experience all of this? You, we just talked about the blessed of the spoiling spirit, bread of broken spirit, blessed are those that hung and thirst. That comes from a broken heart. That comes from a, a heart that's sold out to God. I don't believe that preachers should be saying, well, if you give $1,000, God will pay all your bills off. That's not true. Because if that be the case, me and my wife sold for years, we'd be filthy rich. But I am rich. I got a beautiful wife. I'm healthy. I can't say I'm beautiful, but I'm okay. <laughs> Yo, seriously, how rich are we? 
We're not in poverty. You got food at your house. You got a, you got a, a lights and heat. You got you got a job. Some of you go live or go visit Africa and watch these poor people got to drag a bucket for miles to get a little bit of water. And a lot of times it's infested with parasites and everything. And drag that back and have to go try to find food on top of a, a, a dump. Maybe they'll find bread today, Sister Kathy. Maybe they'll find a piece of meat. Maybe. Listen, you can feel rich, brother. We got a lot to praise God about. We got a lot to praise God about. They're going to look at you and say, man, what are the rich people doing here? <laughs> Come on. I want to show you something. You can't. You can't buy God. People teach that. They had one guy on, on, on I'm almost finished. They had one guy on, on, on TV one time years ago, or on the radio. He said, uh, I'm, you got to, I'm, I'm going to give you your own personal prophecy, but you're going to have to pay me some money. So just use your credit card. I'd many saved. One was begging one time for a Rolls Royce. He had one already, right? He would give that to his wife. And he said, if you don't give into this offering, he said, he said, they're going to have somebody going to take your place. Well, he did. somebody could have had my place real quick because I'd have got up and left. That man ain't born again. He's nothing but a filthy lucre. A money-hungry, greedy, filthy lucre. That's what he is. But there are, there are those preachers that are struggling. They have little churches like this. Me and my wife's not really struggling. But we have financial problems. We have, we have, we have to just pay any insurance, man, for that dump to $5,000. And I'm not just saying that for that reason, but it costs us, man. But as for struggling, I wouldn't say we are. Compared to a lot, they got some preachers, man, that, poor things, they, they, they're trying to make it. They try, they're trying to keep their church going. And you got people griping about giving a few dollars to try to help them. But the ones that are taking the money unjustly are hurting the small preachers. Because they have some good little preachers, brother. They, just, they got some out there that's preaching. And they deserve your support. If you'd be part of the church, if you want to send them, find somebody. They deserve you helping them because they're doing good work, okay? I don't look at what the filthy Lucas are doing, Ray. I look at what, what that one is doing. Me and my wife, we send $20 a, a month to, to India. If you want to be a pastor and be broke, go, go preach in India. Them poor people ain't, listen, seriously, it's bad. You might lose your life if you claim to be a preacher out there. And, and we're doing we do that. Look, Brother Kuhn told me that years ago, Scotty, about uh, St. Jude. He's the one that brought that up. Ever since you, he, he did, every chance we get, we mean chance to send, because they're poor little babies, man. They got cancer, right? I mean, how are you not going to have compassion for a child that's dying of cancer? Ain't even start living yet. And we started doing that. And God blessed us. Ask her. I'm only giving you testimony. <laughs> it works. If we lose our mercy and compassion for a little child, man, what, what good are we? When I see them poor little babies with their hairs all missing, poor, you got them things up their nose, I mean, they ain't begin to live yet. How could we not have a heart, right? People say, well, that's a Catholic girl. No, I don't listen. I, I didn't do that. I did it because they're, they're helping children. I don't have nothing to do with the Catholic church, but that I did because I find that 
giving them babies a chance to live is worth, all, worth more than I could give. And they are doing a good work. Amen. They are saving lives, babies' lives. So that's the reason why we've done it. You know? Let me read this to you. My glasses are in my pouch. Where do you have to put them? <laughs> I need to be up. I'm all, I'm a few years. I'm a <laughs> this scripture, Sister Kathy, we read it the other night. It was over here, me and Janice and a few of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Right? In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes, okay? Do not be wise in your own. Don't figure this out for yourself. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And once it says this, I will be held to your flesh and strength to your bones. This is what I'm talking about. Honor the Lord with your possessions. What does that mean? Right. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Not honor Lenny, honor the Lord. And with the first fruit of your increase, and we always take that as the tithe, all right? As you increase, as you prosper. Listen, I'm never going to go knock at your house and say, I want you tithe. They got preachers that do that. He wouldn't stay long at my door. You know? Because I have, the, I have the, the responsibility to sow into God's work. Nobody has to come knock at my door and tell. If I'm not doing it, and I can't find it in my heart to do it, then it tells me a lot about where my heart's at, all right? And I'm not picking on people. Seriously, don't get mad at me this morning. I'm just saying what the Lord sh shared for me to say. Because I barely talk about money. Because, I, I, you know, I've seen God bless this church, and I said that some people have given money to this church that don't even come here. I don't go knock at their door. They're just doing it because they feel that's the right thing to do, all right? And it says, and listen to this good. Honor the Lord with your, with, your, with your possessions and with your first fruit of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled. What does that mean? It means that you're not going to do it out. You're going to have an overflow. Okay? A soul is the most valuable thing to God. When you sow into this church, those lights stay on. Uh, 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 you know, we pay the bills and stuff. And then somebody's going to come in and get right with God. Somebody's going to come back and get, get saved and get delivered, get free from their bondage. So your barns will be filled. A farmer would harvest, right? He would harvest. He would plant his field. If he didn't have a bad season, the, the greatest riches he would have was that his barns were full. You know, he went out there and he sowed into that field. And as he sold, God filled his barn, right? What if he just said, well, I'm not going to, like some, some, I find some scriptures that say, well, I'm not going to sow because it's going to rain today. I'm not going to sow because, you know, uh, you know, you, I've got all kinds of excuses, all right? Uh, you know, I'm not going to plant this year because they've seen foul weather is coming. A good farmer would plant <laughs> even though he, because he has to live by faith. I have a business. I'm telling you right now, I ain't lying to y'all. I live by faith every day. Every week. We don't know. We just got to depend on God to bring the, the work in so we can go. Sometimes it gets tight. Seriously, sometimes I get a little scared. 
but he always brings the increase. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's because me and my wife have so we never bought God. You can't buy God. You can't give enough money to even start to buy God. But tithing is not for God, it's for you. Giving is not for God, it's for you. Because it tests your faithfulness, right? I know this might not be going over, but I will hope you listen to me. You don't have to give me that. You don't have to say, it's, it's, it's about giving to the Lord, right? We're small here today. We've got a few small, small church. But every dollar matters, man. Everything you sow gives us the right and ability to keep preaching, to keep the lights on, keep the air conditioning running, keep the heater running, uh, keep everybody, you know what I'm saying? Nobody makes a whole lot of money here. <laughs> Come on. A lot of times we do is do a lot of faithfulness. And not just obedience. Paul said it like this. Some preach Christ for profit. Some preach Christ for discord. When he met, they got those on that trying to cause us trouble. Because trying to make our, 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 our job harder. Because they go preach something that they shouldn't be preaching. Some preach God Christ for gain. They want to see how much money they can get out of him. Whether it's for pretense. Or, <laughs> or for He said, I'm going to preach Jesus. So. Whether you give or not, I'm going to keep preaching. As long as God gives me the permission to keep preaching, I'm going to do it. I just made my mind up. That's, not, that's between me and the Lord, okay? But I can promise you I'm going to preach this book. If I ever stop, then you, you make sure you let me know. I don't plan on ever stopping. I think I'm going to go to my grave preaching. <laughs> Here or somewhere. <laughs> we get in Walmart sometime, and me and Jansen. She's, when I start talking about the Lord... Oh, Lord, I better just wait. <laughs> Sometimes we have a church in Walmart. <laughs> I remember the other day. Oh, I had a, hey, that blessed me that day, seriously. I was uh, going outside. I had a brother outside of the church. And I was just praying with him. I'm in front of Walmart, just praying with him. And some other brothers and sisters. And, and they were African-American. Black brothers and sisters. I love to be around them. <laughs> Listen, we're praying. And they saw us. They said, God, they came and they, they said, man, I was so excited seeing y'all pray, right? Then we started talking about the Lord. We started, I was having church right in the middle of, I'm glad somebody needed that parking spot. <laughs> and look, we, listen, we grabbed each other. We hugged each other. People looked at us like we were crazy, man. Uh, seriously. Do what? Buffy City was another time. Another black brothers and sisters in the Lord. They loved it. And, and listen, we're laughing. We're hugging each other. Some of them old white stumps, man, they were just sitting there. Just, man, I can't believe they, they're laughing with these people. Heck on you, man. I don't, you, oh, I, that, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's where sin comes in. That's where even religion comes in. We, the religion divides you. You got to have a black church and a white church. You got to have a, this church and a Dutch church. And this church and a colored church. And a black white and, and a Mexican church. Why can't we be in the same church? I had a, hey, I like to go to church with them, them brothers and sisters, man. I like them to come here. Praise! I had such a good time with them. I was so enjoying myself. Listen, I could have stayed at Walmart all day. Hey, man, right in the parking lot. <laughs> Having revival, getting people saved. They're coming, going to Walmart with their baskets. Come on, get Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have a <laughs> preacher right in front of Walmart. One time we was in a, the mall. And you don't ever get that, that, mm, that uh, want to preach spirit. <laughs> We, me and Janice, the people we knew were going through the, the kid in the mall. 
<laughs> they had a bench in the middle where you walk. Paul said, Jess, I feel like standing on that bench and preaching. She took off. <laughs> I don't believe it. I felt, listen, I wanted, this guy, I want to get on the bench and I want to preach. And they were passing back and forth. But I could have had a nice little church service, man. I did, oh, disobey God. I should have just got up in that bench and let it fly. <laughs> it's great. I feel, I, I, you feel that. You want to tell people about Jesus. If it's on top of a bench in the middle of the mall somewhere, hey, they might lock you up or throw you out of something, but at least you got some gospel in, right? I remember the Pat Hayes from, uh, some of you might know him. He, he, told, <laughs> he said he was going to preach in Mexico. And his mama says, they're going to eat you up over there. They're going to cook you and eat you. <laughs> she said, at least you're going to have a taste of the gospel. <laughs> oh, man. Ain't it good to come to church? Amen. Let's stand up. Praise God. Amen.